Hey guys, welcome back to the Third World Perspective. I'm um, your one-stop shop for almost everything sports. Um, obviously, the pod doesn't have sponsors yet. Um, so basically, we are coming back to you guys, our bosses, the audience. Um, you guys can support the pod. We have a listener support segment. You can support the pod with as little as a dollar or five dollars or ten dollars. So um, basically, support the pod. Help us to create more um episodes and better content for you guys um you can support the pod if you're into that okay uh let's get into the pod hey guys um welcome to another episode um of the third world perspective Nini nimesikia car static. Nilikuwa na kunywa chai. Ai. Ah, wazi wazi. Ah, serious, serious. Okay, serious. Ah, san ko serious. Um guys, welcome back to another episode of the Third World Perspective. I'm Nona shida ya kuishi Africa. kwani <laughs> <laughs> so standing and then you know, we try to make a bet you know ni team gani itashinda league hiyo season so then then was a united fan right uh, lakini like, you know, just some united fan like, so some guy hate uh, kwa so going through you know mabakisho kaona kulikuwa na west ham na tottenham nikasema i'll take one of the hams nikasema tottenham and ever since that day i mean you up ah <laughs> yeah so um basically Linus is a Spurs fan um, we all know Dalmas Arsenal fan so we have not a not London rivalry on the board um today definitely <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay hey guys welcome back to the perspective as you all know we, we are going to give you and uh, and a third uh, way of how we're going to be, of how we see uh, the football our thoughts on the football on sports generally but today's episode is uh, entirely football we have uh, various topics that we are going to discuss and uh, my co-host as you all know him we have uh, Pablo and we also have our guests here I'll let uh, Pablo introduce him Um hey guys my name is Pablo. Welcome back to the football show. Drum roll. Um so we, we are joined with a guest um Linus Linus I, I think Linus will introduce himself and tell you guys what team he supports and um we are, we are just happy to have him on the show. Let him introduce himself. Um hello guys. Linus speaking. I am a devoted Spurs supporter. Don't ask me why. <laughs> But yes, Spurs. I am. Spurs. Yes, Spurs. Spurs. Such an amount of yes. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, okay, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, um so we had we had we had to to um to call a spurs supporter um to to come on the pod man we have not had a spurs supporter um i don't think any anyone has ever had a spurs supporter from africa um, yeah. so lena is very unique in that. <laughs> uh-huh. i get that a lot <laughs> yeah I- Yeah um we'll, obviously we'll we'll get to the news concerning Tottenham um a little bit later but first things first um we'll, we're going to talk about um the La Liga title drama obviously um the La Liga game week is not yet done but the important bit of it I think is done um for now um yeah. Atletico Madrid won yeah Atletico Madrid won the 11th their 11th La Liga title um Luis Suarez was actually It has to be him it's definitely had to be him Mm-hmm. It, it had to be him man um he was definitely crying the pitch um while facing his family um i think it's his first la liga title with atleti obviously he had played with them before um yeah. he had never played with them um i think this is this is the first time atletico have won the title since 2013 um since uh, the 2013 14 season yeah where where mm-hmm. were you guys in 2014 man mm-hmm. My me was past high school just through I finished high school 2013 Linus yeah as finishing high school we were form 4 yeah mm. <laughs> yeah I think me and Linus were in form 4 back then mm. um obviously um Atleti beat Valladolid to clinch the title Valladolid are now relegated due to that defeat um is... Madrid were playing Villarreal and Madrid had to win and hope that Atleti lose points um so that they can clinch the title Villarreal are obviously playing Man United um in the Europa League final on Wednesday we'll see how that goes. Yeah. So Luis Suarez um, scored 21 goals in La Liga and they were very crucial. Um he, he said um quote it's tough the situation I had to live through the way I was looked down on but Atletico opened the door for me. A lot of people have suffered with me, my wife, my children. Day by day they're the ones who have suffered the most for many years in football. Um do you, do you guys think um Linus I'll come to you do you guys, do you think Barcelona um did Barcelona letting Luis Suarez go at the start of the season um did it seem weird to you um or considering I, um the type of player that he is I think Barcelona so an opportunity I mean the finances haven't been doing great and thought you know losing a Luis Suarez when you have your Griezmann your Messi that they could probably make it work but now now i mean looking back they are also they actually regretting the choice because i mean 21 goals scoring the win on the final day clinching the title uh, i mean who pass on that really yeah um dalmas i think i think luis suarez is 34 years old um he's still at 20 goal 30 goal per season So um like I was saying um Luis Suarez is a 20 goal 30 goal per season um striker. Um I think he's, he scored 195 goals in 6 seasons for Barcelona. Obviously he was he actually um was pushed aside in a in a almost um um in a in a very rude way it was not diplomatic at all the way he left Barcelona. Um and to clinch the title in a season that Barcelona is struggling um for me it's it's just like um it's very it's very like um a, a 
a needle in the in the in the back of Barcelona in some way because Barcelona the season are actually finishing and um with, yeah I, I think that, I think that they're actually finishing third and I, I don't I don't know if if they if they or if they won it but I think that's the only I think this is the the one trophy that has always been um Barcelona's goal and they failed to achieve that this season yeah yeah. So, um, speaking speaking of other strikers, um, obviously, um, you guys have heard the news that um, Barcelona will will sign. I've come to an agreement with Sergio Aguero. Sergio cool Aguero, man, the legend. So, um, <laughs> obviously, Aguero is leaving City um, at the end of the season. But um, do you guys do you think that Sergio Aguero going to Barcelona, Dalmas will come to you? Do you guys think that Sergio Aguero going to Barcelona will actually convince him to stay for at least one more season, or it won't matter because Messi's contract is up um, at the end of June? Uh, for me, what I think, Lionel uh, Messi, I think his, I think he's just in his time at Barcelona is up. He just wants to turn a new page and try somewhere else because he's not playing that Messi that we used to know. Messi is not his heart is not with Barcelona anymore as it used to be. So I don't think uh, Aguero going there is going to change the terms. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me I'm I'm just seeing him still working out. Yeah because you like- um he walks out and goes where you know who can afford his wages? <laughs> you know, I mean, unless he, you know, he goes back to South American plays like other legends, yeah. uh, probably okay. because I can't see. I mean, if Man City, and we'll get to this later, if Man City want to sign a hurricane, I still have mm-hmm. Messi on the wage bill. I, I, I doubt it. I really doubt it because Man City is the only feasible option for him at the moment, as yeah. I see it. Yeah. Yeah, a few, a few, a few. I think a few weeks ago, um, when when I, maybe past a few months ago, when Messi was agitating for that move, I think the news um was perhaps there there might be an option for him to go to the US to perhaps play in the MLS. Perhaps a club could offer him lower wages and ownership um options. Perhaps some equity at at a certain club. We know um, European players have actually broken the mold in the US. We have seen, um, obviously, Victor Wanyama, the former Tottenham um, midfielder, Kenyan midfielder, is now playing in Montreal, in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, David Beckham, uh, currently on at Miami. So perhaps that could have been um, a transition issue for him um, to the US. But we'll see, we'll see how that happens. It's actually funny because... Um, so uh, you guys, uh, you, you 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 guys are perfect, man. Obviously, I said no, Tottenham. It's perfect. <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Pablo, you just have to troll us, isn't it? Yeah, you guys cannot agree on anything. I'm actually enjoying this. Um, <laughs> speaking, speaking speaking of strikers, um, this obviously this went down in Germany, the last Bundesliga game week of the season. Um, yeah, Robert Lewandowski. Lewandowski. Lewandowski, um, Robert yeah, Lewandowski uh, broke a Gerd Muller's, the legend, he broke a Gerd Muller's 49-year-old Bundesliga goal-scoring record for a season. <laughs> Actually scored in the last minute of their match against Augsburg. 
Lewandowski registered 41 goals for the season, one more than Muller's um, 40 goals that um, was the record before. My question to you guys is, and I'll come to Dalmas first, how big an achievement is this for Lewandowski and just how good a striker is Lewandowski? Um, so like I was saying um, before, before, before the net disrupted us, um, Lewandowski Manze is, uh, is the best striker in the world um, at the moment. He's one of the most prolific goal scorers we have ever seen. Um, how, just how big an achievement is breaking this record? Because it's 40 goals um, in a season for, uh, in the Bundesliga. And just how good a striker is Robert Lewandowski? Um, he's good enough to win the Ballon d'Or this year. That, that's, that's, that's a debatable. Uh-huh. But something uh-huh. I, yeah. yeah, that's that's you can't debate. That's I mean, what what would they do? I mean, who would you pitch against him and stand a chance? Uh 49 yeah. year old record. But what's what's striking is uh the record set by Judd or rather Gad Muller was set in 71, 72, where he was around 27, 28. Alan Dusky's 32. And so yeah. I don't know, this could be testament to maybe increase in sports science and facilities of training that players are able to maintain their peak even past you know the dreaded 30 where you know once a player clocks 30 you think he's on the win but as you can see levy breaking uh you know almost a record that stood for half a century at 32 uh, congratulations yeah. to the man Man, congrats, man. It's it's not yeah. obviously it's not an easy feat. And like it's you not. said, um obviously technology and science has gotten better, especially in Germany where um technology and science is always on the forefront of sports. So um mm-hmm. yeah, man, congrats to Lewandowski. For me, um I think I think the Ballon d'Or is 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 a little more like FIFA. Um I think it's it's much more corrupt these days than it actually used to be. Um because um for me the season that Liverpool won the won the Champions League I think I, I, Virgil Van Dijk could actually um be the was actually the best player that season um I actually thought that Virgil Van Dijk could win the Ballon d'Or that year and obviously they gave it to Messi and last season Lewandowski Lewandowski won um the the, the Champions League obviously he had an incredible yeah. season obviously we can see the goal scoring records being broken this season but mm-hmm. he broke some other records last season as well um yeah, yeah, so yeah. in six trophies at bayern so yeah yeah and... so yeah, for me i think last season obviously the ballon d'Or, they decided to cancel um it due to covid which was just mind boggling because um football came back and people played and matches were won and records were broken etc so mm-hmm. I, I think I think I think the Ballon d'Or is a little bit more corrupt these days because last season I thought that Robert Lewandowski was actually the best player um, in, in world football. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes this season. Maybe he gets the Golden Ball this season. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, he should. He should. Man. Yeah. So um, basically, um, well, we were talking about Europe, Germany, and Spain. Um, let's go back to England. Brentford versus Bournemouth first off in the championship playoff semi-final and there was plenty of drama. Obviously, Brentford got to the playoff final last year and they got it in the final by Fulham. Obviously, Fulham, um, they have just got relegated from the Premier League um, and gone down back to the championship. 
So Brentford came into the game trailing 1-0 on aggregate and they went behind early on after Anut Danjuma. Obviously, Danjuma has been a revelation for Bournemouth this year. Um, he scored, I think, on, in, the, in the fifth minute for Bournemouth. So the aggregate score was 2-0 to Bournemouth. Um, but obviously, when Brentford were at home. They have a new stadium. They, they came back fighting um, and they won the game 3 2 had a lot of controversy. Um, you guys should go back and, and see the highlights, or if you can access any any Super Sport or Sky Sport or um, you, obviously you guys can see what happened in the game. But I actually um, did see some, some. Yeah. Yeah, man. Especially especially um, Begovic was actually. Yeah, man. Especially Begovic was. <laughs> Man, which is actually not what you expect from a goalkeeper who has played at the highest level. Mm-hmm. But he was, uh, yeah, basically, the game was so full of drama. Um, 4,000 fans were packed into the new stadium. Um, and obviously, Brentford um, clinching um, a spot in the final at will face Swansea. But my question is how, do, how, big is, how big is the final for Brentford, um, considering? second Wembley final in two years it's big it's really big I mean I believe I believe this is yeah yeah it is because one they have an abysmal record when it comes to playing finals Uh, Brentford Mm -hmm. I mean right now it's fine they could also do it next year but I believe now it's time it's time they have to really win this they have to climb up to the premier premier league because yeah, I mean, if it's not now, come on. Yeah, when? Yeah, you know. And I'd really like to see them play in the league. Uh, they were really entertaining. Was it in the FA Cup? I yeah, they, yeah, they, they they yeah. Well. yeah, they knocked I think, out some. I think they won three nil against a Premier League side as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was. Yeah, they knocked out some, you know, some Premier League sides. So they are really, they are really exciting team to watch. I would love them in the Premier League. But you know, yeah. to just mention the controversy, um, this game reminded me of a time when you know because the EFL hasn't yet implemented VR, and I don't know, there's something refreshing about it. You know, just very yeah. I mean, it felt it felt like I, when I, when I caught the game, you know, with the fans and you know the on you know the on time refereeing decisions where. I, you feel, you feel, you feel. I don't know. If I felt as if the football I watch these days has lost something. Uh, although, although yes, although yes, the referring the referring discipline was not great, but uh, it it made me feel nostalgic for a time in football. So yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah you yeah, you've just mentioned about obviously um it's it's it was it was weird to see because um is a the, the referee is actually a referee was actually um played um he has actually managed the most the the football at at one of the highest levels he, he was yeah. a premier league referee um he has actually refed in in some games in europe as well um but like obviously um Bournemouth manager, um, he actually came out and and complained about about the refereeing, saying that he was influenced by the fans. Obviously, it's different when you're when you're a referee that you're you're actually used to um refereeing games um in with in in stadiums without fans at all, and then all of a sudden you're thrown into a stadium with four thousand fans roaring um mm-hmm. 
basically. Um, so it's it's actually very difficult for the referees. Um, I think it, it would be actually very beneficial for Brentford. Not very beneficial, but it, this is actually the 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 only. The, it's like a second chance for them because last season they were very good. They actually I actually came to love Brentford last season when they had um Oli Watkins. Oli Watkins is now playing um at Aston Villa. Um Benrama Saeed Benrama um as well. He was their talisman. He's actually now playing his trade in West Ham. These are players that are very successful in the Premier League, and their transition has almost has almost been seamless. Um, I think yeah, I, mean, I think the yeah, now now with Ivan Tony and they, they still have quality players like Macondes in there, um Marcus Foss, who actually scored the winner. I think Brentford um they they actually have to go to Wembley and challenge for, for this one because it's a 170 million pound prize, man. It's it's not it's not <laughs> any other any other But the thing about Brentford is they've been really smart with their recruitment. So that's why I say, I mean, even if they fail on this, pretty sure you'll see them. Next season, you know, still challenging for a playoff spot or even the title because yeah. they have young players, and you know, the more they play, the better they get. Unless, yeah. unless, of course, you when a Premier League team comes knocking and just picks up, picks apart your team, you know, with the best players moving. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, really, really would like to see them in the Premier League. Yeah, as well. Um, also, like I remember the time that Ivan Tony was actually getting recruited from Peterborough. I remember um the Peterborough coaches. Obviously, Peterborough is playing its trade. I think in in League One, or uh-huh. yeah, I think League One. Uh-huh. So um, he, he was actually saying that Ivan Tony was was a Premier League type of striker, and most people were, were actually like looking at at that at, at those comments and like saying like really um because obviously the premier league is a very big ask but ivan tony has i think 31 goals in the championship this season and which is just immense obviously it's very difficult to score at a very high level and ivan tony actually like a guy that can actually push them to the, to the premier league i hope this happens for them man i'm a brentford fan i actually play <laughs> with them on- and i Obviously, I wish I wish Dalmas was here or Caleb or Kay because um they know they know Abdan actually beat Abdan with Brentford yeah he had Abdan five nil with Brentford so mm-hmm. uh, I like Brentford a lot man yeah yeah um to the topic that we have actually um been waiting for and I, obviously you guys have been waiting for if you have gotten to um this far in the pod we are talking about Harry Kane's future um. Harry obviously did an interview with Gary Neville publicly expressing his desire to leave Tottenham Hotspurs. Um, this was days before Sky Sports News announced that Ken had told Tottenham that he wanted to leave the club. Um, now news in the past 16-18 hours, according to Football London, is that Daniel Levy is understood to be, quote, furious and deems Ken's comments as very disrespectful. Um Obviously, Harry Kane is, is Tottenham's talisman. He has actually been the best player at the club. Um, I think since since the first time he was he was the he was the top scorer in the league. Um, he wants a move away. Um, he's obviously like obviously Linus, you're a, you're a, you're a Tottenham fan. Um, do you understand um, his sentiment? Is coming from considering that he's obviously is one of the best strikers in the world, if not the best striker in the world. Um, I think he, for me, is only second to Lewandowski. But um, do you think, do you understand his sentiments? Because turns 28 in the summer, um, he's, he's yet to win a single trophy. Um, we all know um, 
how they desire and like what happens after after you retire people just look at the trophies obviously the goals are, are and the records are good at, as well but people look at how many trophies did he win what um, how successful was he um, at a very high level do you understand his sentiments uh, yes i do i actually wouldn't blame actually do want him to leave because as you mentioned you know a football tends to praise you when you have silverware regardless of what your personal achievements are and to be a real shame, you know, 10, 20 years from now, when someone is trying to make a case for Hurricane being inducted into the Premier League Hall of Fame, and then, you know, the rebuttal being, what did he win? You know, what, what silverware did he win? So, yes, I do understand. I do want him to live. He deserves to be, you know, winning those trophies season by season. And if anything, yeah. He'll always be one of our own, so no matter where yeah, he plays. Yeah. yeah, I think I think he has two hundred and twenty something goals for Tottenham, and he has actually mm. he has he has played yeah. for you guys for I think eight seasons, which is yes. yeah that yeah yeah that's 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 a very good record for you guys. Um, I think he's the is only the is only second on the top top goal scorers list for Tottenham. Um, but there's there's uh, there's a teensy bit of a problem um, when it comes to Hurricane. He has he has still has three years on his contract. Obviously, um, we know we know how ruthless and still like Daniel Levy is and how he does his business. Um, but the, obviously, Harry Harry himself mentioned hundred million pounds. Um, if someone perhaps came to Tottenham um, with hundred million pounds, perhaps um, it would persuade the club to look into that. Um, Gary Neville obviously made the joke uh, that Daniel would only look at 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 200 million, but um, considering how considering the reputation that Daniel Levy has as the toughest negotiator in football, um, do you think Tottenham will sell? And so, if um, do, what what are the chances that Tottenham will sell? Um, for the right bid, definitely yes. But again, we go back to who has that kind of money, uh, you know, in this climate. So, I mean, the figure being floated around is 120 million. Um, mm -hmm. Three content, you know, Chelsea, United, and City. And well, Chelsea rivals, you know how Daniel Levy does um, does when it comes to rivals. You know, uh, we have that case study of Luka Modric a couple of years ago. So. Yeah, yeah, Gareth Bale also, and you know, and so the teams you normally associate for, uh, came to move to, your yeah, Real Madrid and Barcelona are currently in financial peril. So yeah. again, I really do want him to move. I really do want him to win silver because for the next ten years, or I do not see Spurs anywhere challenging for any major title. If I'm being realistic, but mm -hmm. you know, this is football. Things change. So, but as as we stand, I can't see it, and so. Do you think Manchester United can afford to fork up 120 million for the player? Um, I actually, I, I can actually see Man United um come actually putting up um a hundred, a hundred. I can't see 120 million. I don't. I think there's actually um an inside policy at Man United that um we we um lately over over the overspending um and like actually fans not being happy about the way Man United are 
has been handled as a club financially. I, I think they'll be very careful to go past the 100 million um, pound mark. Also, um, with the with the rumors and like with the with like the thought of bringing Sancho to the club as well, we, we wouldn't want to spend more than we wouldn't want to overspend for Harry. Um, we know Harry obviously as a striker and a very good striker. If he keeps on playing at this level, he can play up to 38 or 36, 37, and he can actually yeah, put yeah. up 10 plus 20 plus. But um, I don't think I don't think we can go up to 120. But like you said, Daniel Levy doesn't like selling to Premier League clubs, especially star players. Um, so I, I, I think any amount of money that any Premier League side has to come up to Spurs with has to be 100 million plus. So mm-hmm. if Man United comes 100 million plus, I think Daniel Levy will turn that down. But if any other if any other rival club comes 100 million plus, I think Daniel Levy would accept it. Yeah. So we'll have also, to wait and see. Man, we'll have to wait and see. Also, like um, obviously. Poch right now is is at Paris Saint Germain. We all know the, the 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 amount of love that is between a player and and a coach. And obviously, Hurricane was was the Golden Boot top scorer twice under Pochettino. Is he actually knows what Hurricane needs? He, he has played. He has coached him really well. And Paris Saint Germain, obviously, they have the money to do it. Do you see Hurricane to Paris as being a very a, a, a viable option? Yes, it is viable. I mean, Paris are one of the wealthiest club in, clubs in football. Um, mm-hmm. they, could, they could get the 120. The thing is, will they match Kane's ambitions? I believe Kane, Kane does want to you know, pursue that Alan Shearer record uh, that has been in the Premier League. I'm pretty sure he'd like to break it at one point. So, look, if, if they offer a chance for him to move, then he might weigh his options and see look because it's now or never he's 28 uh, next season he's 29 and you know having to compete with your Erling Haaland's who are much younger so he might he might just consider his options and say uh if it gets me a champions league yeah also like i saw, I saw a tweet and someone was saying that if if yeah i saw saying um if harry goes to man city basically football should just pack up and leave because it wouldn't be fair <laughs> after these days are actually, these days are actually winning the premier league and winning the carabao cup and challenging for the fa cup and in the champions league final and they actually don't have a striker so if they add someone with the caliber of hurricane we should actually pack up and leave and just leave football to pep guardiola and sheikh mansu yeah that's fair i mean you see those kevin de bruyne passes from deep you know, like yeah, falls on a Stalin head, and then it's a mischance. If it's Hurricane, yeah. 10 out of 10, if it's Hurricane, yeah, eight times yeah. out of 10, it's in the back of the net. Yeah, so, um, basically, basically, I, I for me as a Man United fan, I would actually love Hurricane, um, at, at Old Trafford. He's, he's a very good strike, obviously. Right now, we have tied down Cavani to a one year contract. But I, I actually don't see it happening. I don't see it happening for Man United. I don't see it happening for Manchester City. I don't see it happening especially for Chelsea because um, for me, um, I, I don't think, I don't think um, Daniel Levy would actually sell, sell one of his star players anywhere in London. Um, so I don't see it any. I actually see, don't see any, anything happening for, regarding, regarding to Chelsea. 
Man City they have a chance. Man United they have a, 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 a smaller chance than City. I actually don't see it happening this summer. Or, uh, people have, people are saying that obviously this can drag on um, um, for months and months. Um, Harry himself wants this um, resolved um, before the Euros, which I don't think it will happen. We only have like three weeks until the Euros. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it will happen. I don't think it will happen this season, considering the fact that teams are are strapped for cash. Hundred and hundred plus million pounds is 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 too much. Hundred and twenty plus million, you said, it's too much for for clubs. Um, considering the pandemic has hurt everyone. Um, also the 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 tiny problem that he has at three years left on his contract is also massive. Um, they, can, they, can, yeah, they can hold on to him and sell him next summer when to Madrid when Madrid have have the money, or they can sell him to Barcelona when um, Aguero perhaps is not performing. We, we'll see how that goes. But like or Paris, um, I think I think Daniel Levy will be in no rush to actually make a deal this summer. And if he, if Harry actually leaves, they'll they'll need a very good deal to to entice to entice Daniel Levy. Yeah. Um so basically um Ruben Diaz won um Football Writers Association Footballer of the Year. He won it ahead of the person that we were just talking about, Tottenham's Harry Kane and Kevin De Bruyne. Um Diaz said um essential quote essentially everyone as fast as possible um, to meet everyone as fast as possible understand how the team plays I had an idea of what I was coming to and I wanted to integrate myself as fast as um, he only cost them six million pounds um, he has made 31 appearances for them scoring one goal and helping his side register 14 clean sheets while he's in the side obviously in the Premier League his partnership with John Stones um, is City's best um, centre-back pairing. Um, they have just considered 32 goals in the Premier League when they have started together. Obviously, he has guided City to a stagger to the Premier League title. Um, and at one point, they had a 21-game um, unbeaten streak in all competitions um, mid-season. And within those 21 games, 15 successive victories in the Premier League. Um, Man, Diaz, Diaz is the first defender, obviously, to win um, Football of the Year, Football Writers Association Football of the Year, um, since Liverpool's Steve Nicole back in 1989. Um, mm-hmm. So this, bring, this brings us to the question, how much of an impact has Diaz had at Man City? And has he had a better impact on his full debut season at City than Virgil van Dijk's full debut season at Liverpool? Well, his impact is undeniable. They just won the league. Um, Obviously. Yeah, I mean, so, yes. I don't think, I mean, I, be, I believe what Guardiola intended with him was numerical about not being fit, um, really being thinned out in the centre-back position, I believe. In sort of budget Van Dijk type of signing, you know, the um the almost like an essential signing. I, I, I don't think okay, fine. He 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 did cost six five million and that would you know bring about him as being essential. But I believe he was more of, in case we uh, we lack options, he should be there and he's actually impressed quite a lot. Um 
comparing him with Virgil van Dijk would be um would be blasphemous. It wouldn't be right. It would just be okay because they're similar characters. They're characters of a similar mold. They are both um quite oh. The co- oh, sorry, they are quite yeah, vocal, they are physical processes, they are, have leadership qualities. And so yeah, yeah, they're pretty much players of the same mold. However, when she acted like a, you know, a messiah to the Liverpool team because on his, uh, he joined um, the uh, break. And so for his full debut, um, Liverpool were able to challenge for the title, missing out on only a single point, a point. you know, to Man City. Yeah. Uh, but having one of the best defensive records, um, considering only 22 goals in the 38 matches, 38 matches which I don't believe Van Dijk ever missed. And the following season delivered, oh, we, you know, winning the Champions League in that season for them also. And the following season delivered the Premier League to them. And now you see with his absence how much of a miss he is. You know, Liverpool struggling to qualify for championship places. So I believe uh, Virgil Van Dijk is was a more uh, I I can't find the right words to compare these two because I don't want to sound disrespectful to Diaz, but was a more <laughs> key figure was a, was a key figure to the Liverpool team than I'd say Diaz. I mean, like you said. I believe I believe this was their win wasn't most about whether Diaz was in the team or not. I believe this has to go down to Guardiola. Guardiola has been has really impressed me this season as a manager and clearly one of the best now and probably forever. Yeah, would you would you say Guardiola is is your manager of the season? Uh, definitely yes yes i mean I, I remember i remember when the season was starting you know after losing 5-2 to leicester you know us hitting them 2-0 yeah. and the talk was you know this is your guardiola i mean yeah. four seasons in doesn't have anything new to offer but he's selling his he silence his critics and yes he's yeah, a man you know, he's a man yeah do you know who would be my manager of the season Brennan Rogers. No, I think I think for me, my manager obviously Brendan Rodgers has done extremely well at Leicester. Obviously, beating. I was actually celebrating and dancing when Leicester won the FA Cup. Although I kind of feel that Chelsea were actually robbed um, because I don't think um, Chilwell was offside. But like mm-hmm. um, basically, Brendan Rodgers has done really well for Leicester this season, and I think they just might fall short today. But um, my manager of the season this this year would be Steve Bruce. I think I think um, <laughs> real man, real man before before you start laughing, um, uh-huh. of them of all the managers that that have have come under pressure this season, um, Steve Bruce is actually he has actually had the toughest situation to deal with at Newcastle. Um, I think obviously there was a proposed takeover and Newcastle fans obviously they wanted this takeover to happen. It didn't happen. Obviously, they want um, their owner, Mike Ashley, out. Mike Ashley himself wants out of the club, but it didn't happen. Um, Obviously, Mike Ashley appointed Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce has actually done somewhat well. Um, Obviously, keeping them in the Premier League is a big deal. But he he has actually made some incredible signings this season that have come really good. Callum Wilson, um, 
players players that are, that are actually have actually made an impact at Newcastle, Alan Saint Maximin, uh, Miguel Almiron, such kind of players. Um, and obviously with the pressure that comes um, at, at a big club like Newcastle and the managers not being on your side and fighting um, the, the the tabloids, it's not easy. Um, I think he has done incredibly well for, for Newcastle and right now they are 15th on the table and they can actually go higher up. I actually think Steve Bruce has done an, an incredible job. I, 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 I literally think any other manager in the Premier League, Newcastle gets relegated. <laughs> okay yeah fair fair point fair point yeah man so um basically that was Diaz and and our managers of the season so um obviously today is the last day of the premier league um let's just wrap this up um today is the last day of the premier league it has been a long season i think i think it has not been an exhausting season because um being inside we have craved for football and sports um but um, going into going into tonight, um, Chelsea are third with 67 points. Liverpool 66 points. Liverpool actually are on fourth with a superior goal difference, 24. Leicester 66 points are fifth with a uh, 20 goal difference, a uh, far inferior um, goal difference. Um, Chelsea obviously they're playing out. They're away at Aston Villa. Liverpool are at home to Crystal Palace. Leicester are at home to Linus's Tottenham Hotspur. Um, who do you, who ends up in the ends up in the top four? It's just one point. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, like you said, Leicester. I, I fear Leicester might miss out because I mean they're coming up against Spurs. We never know what they have to offer. However, personally, I would like to see Chelsea miss out. I mean, for my own personal reasons, it would be more satisfying. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. This Thomas Tuchel fairy tale story, you know, he comes in, revolutionizes everything, needs to end. I, yeah, but anyway, all the best yeah, to I Leicester. Think, I think, I think Andy, Derek, and Karuga would strongly disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, um, because me, for me, like, I, I actually tweeted this out. Uh, you guys should follow my Twitter at Pablo Iconero. I, I think I actually tweeted this out. I, I think the the best way this day would end is um, actually Leicester winning against Tottenham. Obviously, um, Tottenham, for me, Tottenham have, they actually don't have that much to play for. Obviously, they can finish in the top six, but... Um, but I, I actually can see West Ham um, um, losing points against Southampton. So, um, I, I, if if Spurs if Spurs actually um, if Leicester beat Spurs um, actually have four three if they, if they win four three Harry score, scoring twice Son scoring, Son scoring once um, man I, actually Leicester winning um, Chelsea drawing and Liverpool winning. Um, that that would have, that would be a very good day. I mean, that way Chelsea would end up fifth um, with 68 points, and Liverpool and Leicester with 69 points. So man, that that, that would have that would be the best day, man. Yes, it will. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, um. Basically, man, are you are you excited? Are you excited for the Euros? Because I know I know I'm I'm excited. Oh yes, yes. Actually, you know when you say that. This season of football was not was not exhausting. I am I am contrary to that that belief because I don't know. Uh, 
the season felt like everything was being played at once. Like every day we had a ma- every day there was a game to be watched or some sporting news. It felt yeah, it felt like a blob of games, and I was really tired from the whole football shtick. But you know, I believe that watching that Brentford game made me realize, you know, and also the drama that Liverpool had with Alisson scoring a late winner. You know, such moments in football make you realize you can never really get tired of this. So I really do want, I'm really excited for the Euros, really excited to see who turns up, who doesn't. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe we'll have a show to discuss, you know, a preview yeah. show. Yeah, to just discuss. Yeah. yeah. So I'll say that for then. Yeah, um, we, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't offer a prediction. Oh, What's yeah, prediction? I mean, I said Chelsea miss out. I mean, realistically, okay, fine. Leicester do miss out, but uh, so <laughs> third, I don't really matter. Chelsea, Liverpool. I... Yeah, we know we know the results that you want, but what happens? <laughs> What's your prediction? What, what? My prediction is Leicester miss out and Chelsea finish third. Uh, Liverpool fourth. Yeah, um, I'm prediction. I actually think. Chelsea will miss out. I'm very hopeful. I'm very like. I actually, I actually think my passion for my 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 head for Chelsea will actually make this to happen. Um, I can actually see Liverpool finishing third, Leicester finish fourth, and Chelsea miss out. So Chelsea will probably have to go to Porto to play in the Champions League. So uh, that's that's basically my top four predictions. Chelsea fans. Um, you guys know what it is, man. I've never liked Chelsea. I actually, I actually hate Chelsea more than Liverpool, which is not from an United fan, but that's what it is. Um, so um, this has been the end of the pod, man. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Um, we don't know where Dalmas went. Um, his network must be Vios. That's why that's why he has not gotten to the end of the pod. But if you if you've gotten to where we we've got, um, we actually thank you for for listening. Um, you, can, you guys can follow the pod on Instagram and on Twitter. You can follow the pod on Instagram at 3RD World Perspective. You can follow the pod on Twitter at 3RD World Pasp 1. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Pablo Iconero. Linus, your social medias? Oh, I don't do social media, so just tune into the pod and find out more about my life if you. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> actually, actually, Linus, Linus basically doesn't do a lot of social media. I think I um I think he's very unique in that way. So um you guys can support the pod. Uh whatever listener support segment, you can support the pod with as little as a dollar. Um we thank you guys for listening, especially our US audience is, is our second best, um, is our second largest audience, obviously after Kenya. Our people, our homies. Um, but we, we have listeners from like from like, I think 13 countries all over the world. Um, we thank you guys for listening um, to every single pod. We appreciate every single play. Um, thank you for listening to the pod, man. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Yeah. Bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See you later. Okay. <laughs>